Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. The primary process has left many voters feeling as though their voice is unheard. And for the 30% of Oregon voters that are not registered with a political party, it becomes not only a feeling but becomes a fact as they are left out of the closed primary process often leading to them taking their May ballot and throwing it in the trash instead of the mailbox. In Lane County, there is a very good chance that this may finally change, but it will take your vote in support of the bill brought on by today's guest. Joining us next, a representative of Ballot Measure 20-290 with their proposal for Star Voting. Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Self Esteem Boat Willie. Today we are joined by representatives of Star Voting, Mark Fronmeyer and Sarah Wolf. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us on the program. So this is exciting. I haven't really done anything this major. We've we've talked to a candidate, James Barber, that was a past candidate, even though he's just getting started in politics. But this is a very important thing that's happening today. You know, we all need to get on the grind to register and yeah, re- voter registration deadline is the 16th, the uh, and the ballot measure that we're working on is measure 20-290, score then automatic runoff voting or star voting for Lane County. Right. So we wanted to start basically with what you were just saying. Like, What is star voting? Star voting is a new voting system actually invented here in Lane County in 2014, uh, and the the purpose of star is to give voters an equal much more expressive say in the outcome of an election, so much so that it can be accurately accomplished in just one vote. Uh, Right now we have a two-step process for electing candidates for our county offices. Uh, And and so to be clear, this is distinct from the closed primary partisan offices for things like state representative and governor and senator and so on. Star voting will only affect the county commissioner races. And again, that's really just because it is a brand new thing. Right. So, so this it's is makes, kind of a trial run. It's a trial run. It's using it at the local level in the place where it was invented. Uh, but we believe that the real advantages of STAR, it, it, it reach way beyond Lane County alone. Right. So this is a, as a pilot program, uh, What? but it will have immediate benefits. So, right. so if you think about Lane County elections right now, there are three county commissioners races up for election in this cycle. In two of those races, there will be just one candidate on the ballot for voters. So if you get a ballot and it shows just one candidate for a county commission race, the reason why is because that race was decided in May with a much lower turnout, non-representative election. Right. So how does that work for people? So as currently in the May primary, when they get over 50%, it's over. It's over. They, they win. No, right. And like you, you said, the turnout, and that's what I mentioned in the intro, the turnout is nothing. Yeah, like the tur- people... turnout in the primary is abysmal. Right. Uh, and, so, and so you end up with voters then in the general 
who come out to vote getting no choice. I mean, right. one choice on the ballot is no choice at all. Uh, in the other district, in the third district, there are two candidates on the ballot. And in that's East Lane County. That's East Lane County. And that is more, even though it's a nonpartisan seat, you are, it's so clear, because I follow that closely because of James Barber and my support for him, but it's so clear that you're voting for one of, it's the two sides. Right. Essentially. But, and not only that, you're being asked the same question you were asked in May. Right. So, so we're asking those candidates to compete two times, to, to run two elections, to raise, now they've raised gobs and gobs of money on both sides. Uh, and it just becomes this this you know negative campaigning uh, slugfest right. that that really takes a lot of the again the choice it's it's only two candidates because on the ballot. in star voting you can vote for multiple candidates being a zero through five rating yeah so, so you can vote for say that you support uh, we'll just call them a third party candidate in the in the yeah uh, or an independent commission or independent so if you support them but you also think that someone's more viable because we've seen that's the issue. Like take the presidential election, of course, that there's the third party candidates that you're like, well, if I vote for them, then it's going to take away throwing from... away my vote. Yeah, exactly. So right. this creates that opportunity to where you can then show a five star rating for maybe a, a lesser candidate or less name recognition candidate. Yeah. And also like a four three star rating for the candidate that you're OK with. Absolutely. It's, it's just a level of support from zero, which means no support. To five, which means full support. And if if one of the bits of pushback we've gotten is that some people say that that's really complicated. Now, for a lot of us, uh, and in fact, almost every voter that we talk to understands a five star rating because it's used all over the place in on Amazon, on right. iTunes. Every time you take a ride share, you get asked for it. You can walk out of an airport bathroom and have a thing saying rating on a scale how much uh, you how right. good your experience was. Um, the 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 real key though is that that level of expression means right now the way we vote you are being asked to give the least possible amount of information right. about the outcome that you want with Star. You can still vote just like you vote now. You give a maximum support to your one favorite candidate, and then you move on to the next race. Right. But it gives you more of an option as well to use a louder voice, essentially. In, in the elections where you have an opinion about more than one candidate, and I think we can all think about a lot of elections where we have had opinions about more than one, particularly in the scenarios that you're talking about, where you have uh, a, a independent candidate or a grassroots candidate or a third party candidate or even a major party candidate who's not the the preferred choice of the party. Right. In all those, and, you know, I mean, think back to 2016, you had two major party candidates in the Democratic primary. You had 17 or 16 candidates in the Republican primary. Right. So in all those cases, you had the, the, the sort of party insider saying, here's our, here's our choice to move forward. And then you had, what do the people actually want? And the really nice thing about Star is it lets you express it lets you express what you actually want. If you have an opinion about more than one option on the ballot, you can express it. Is there a limit to how many candidates can be on a ballot? You know, how, I mean, how does that, it, I guess it's money, essentially. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't change at all the way that people can get, can access the ballot. So, right. so it, it, the the measure doesn't change. Sure. So it's the same. The petitioning so so, or the filing fee to get the Because that's the one ballot. thing that I originally thought, was well, it more homework for the voter? Which, you know, I'm somebody that follows politics closely. So I think that, like you were saying, having more of a voice is a good thing. But for the one person that 
is like, well, I don't want it to change. I like what you said about how, okay, well then don't change. You just vote five for the person you support and then you move on. Yeah. The rest of it, you just leave blank or vote. You don't, you know, so that's good because then that person has to find the name that they're looking for and then they support that candidate and then nothing's different. So that's really good. And and the way that star is counted. So it's, there is a little twist and that's again, star is score, then automatic runoff. And it's, so it's counted in two steps. You add up all the points, two candidates who have the highest totals overall are the finalists. And then your vote goes to whichever finalist you gave a higher score. Right. Right. And that, that really, the, the advantage there is that you can both express fully how you feel about the field and you can also help prevent your worst outcome from coming to pass. Right, which I, I think that's unfortunately where we're at, where that happens almost in every election, you know. So uh, I wanted to talk to you. A lot of people, a lot of the interviews that I've watched you have, uh, that you've done, have been, there's com- comparisons to rank voting. And I wanted to talk to you in Maine, they do rank voting. Right. And I wanted to talk to you how this differs. I think this gives you more control, but could you speak on how this differs? Yeah, I, I would say that both rank choice voting and star voting are examples of um, preference voting. That's what I was looking for. Preference voting. Right. Right. So, so they so, do both give you more control or more say. They both give you a way of expressing multiple preferences. Now, the, the advantage of scoring versus ranking. So ranking is, this is my first choice. This is my second choice. This is my third choice. The advantage of scoring is that you can say not just what order you like candidates in, but also there's there's embedded in that how much you like each one or, or what level of difference. So giving a candidate a five and then the next candidate a one and the next candidate a zero says, I really like the five. I really don't like the one, but it's certainly better than the zero. Sure. Versus a five, four, zero would be, I actually like the second choice a lot, just not as much as my first choice. Um, and, so, and and the net result of that is you get a much more representative outcome. In in terms of the, the other real issue that, that we have with ranked choice is that it only counts the secondary preferences of some of the voters who didn't get their outcome that they wanted. Right. And it's just because of the peculiar way that those votes are counted. Um, it only looks at ranked choice or instant runoff, really only looks at your first choice vote in any given round. And so as a result, candidates who have more broad support can get eliminated early in the process, right. even though they would have actually been satisfying, much more satisfying to the electorate as a whole. Is, is there a link on your website where this kind of goes into more depth if people wanted to understand like the automatic runoff? Absolutely. There is, so, yeah, it's under starvoting.us slash comparing voting systems. Okay. So I'll, you know, we'll under see if we, maybe in the comments, what I'll do is I'll post a link to that specific page. Yeah. And we can throw you links to, to a bunch of different articles that have gone up. Some that specifically compare uh, rank choice and star others that compare star to our current voting system. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the, the way that star works is you uh, an honest vote is a strong vote in star. There, it's very difficult because of that two-step counting process to game the count. If right. you're if you're dishonest in one phase, it screws up your choice in sure. the other phase. Sure. Uh, and and so that's what that's what why we just say you know you can think about it, you can try and run all the scenarios in your mind, but in reality, just an honest vote on the ballot, vote your conscience, you're good to go. Well, and it's almost it seems zero like bad, you, five good. It seems almost as if with the rank voting that you can almost do a rank voting if that's what you want in the star totally. formula so yeah. that 
You it's included. Would... Yeah. So I just wanted to add one thing. When I first got involved, I think a lot of us heard of ranked choice voting first because it's done around the country more places. But somebody asked me, you know, why do you prefer ranked choice voting? And I was like, well, I want to be able to vote my conscience. I want my vote to never be wasted. And I want um, to solve the spoiler effect so that we have more accurate elections. Right. And what I found out when I did a deeper dive into the voting theory is that ranked choice is like a step up in all those directions, but it actually doesn't always and this takes incentivize it voting your conscience. Exactly. It doesn't, it can actually waste your vote. Like for some voters in every election, even if your first choice is eliminated with ranked choice voting, your second choice might not be counted. Right. But other people will have their second choice counted. So to me, that's just not fair and we can do better. It's an easy right. fix. And, and that's really the, where, I mean, that's, Star came out of, a desire to actually innovate a voting system that will work for multi-candidate elections and not break in these in the ways that we've seen happen in ranked choice elections in in elections across the country. So the the our thought was simply it is this is a time when it is imperative to innovate in our democratic process. Right. It's clear to I I believe it's clear to the vast majority of us that our current system is really broken. Uh, well, and that the two parties have so much control that, and even in a nonpartisan seat, like you said, the two parties still infa- impact that, and there's still money coming in, and yeah, and, and it's 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 this it's two party domination, it's two party polarization, it's the excessive influence of money in the political process, it's the elimination of choice uh, before the election that most of us turn out to vote for, and all of that leads us to governments that are that are not responsive to the needs of the right. day. It would be interesting to see if there's candidates that will say again are independent or third party, but if in the campaign if they also endorse a for, a, a competitor with this format because you would want somebody that says, you know, vote for me and also support this candidate as well, which that I think is something that could really bring something positive in politics. Absolutely. I think that's one of my favorite things about star voting is our current voting system, because it is only accurate with two candidates in the race, really incentivizes this us against them. Right. Hyper polarized dynamic. Negative campaigning. Yeah. Negative campaigning the whole nine yards. But because we're able to support more candidates with star voting, we can actually even give the same score. If I have two candidates and I love them both, they have the same platform. Right. And that's Um, big. They can pretty much run in coalition and I can vote for them in coalition and show strong support for both. Right. So even for candidates who don't agree on everything, there's a real strong incentive to reach out to voters who, you know, aren't in your base and give them, um, you know, like I might not be your first choice, but you should at least give me a couple points because I would really reach out to you. I would really listen to your issues. Sure. And help represent you better. So then, yeah, and that gives you, you know, and that was another one of my concerns when I first read about it was, and I don't want to confuse people with this, but I initially thought that it was the primary, not that it replaced the primary. I thought it was, and then happened in May, but that was wrong, that it happens in November. But so in that scenario, it my concern would have been that you'd have partisan politics come into play where people would be, vote down the list five for this side you know, and then not the others so that they would be into the automatic runoff and you'd have no representation of a balance of power. But that is the the automatic runoff. So speak on that. I mean, that was a concern. Well, it, you know, if this were to be used for partisan races, 
you could use it actually just inside of the party primaries uh, for, for each party, right? So that you would end up parties. Sometimes you have five candidates running for governor uh, in the Republican Party or in the Democratic right, Party. Right. And so this would be a much more accurate way for parties to choose who is really the strongest and most desired candidate from within their own parties. Even even all the way up to, I, I think actually the presidential would be it an would amazing be right, and that, that's, election to use it right. for. Because again, you think back to the, the Republican primary in 2016, there were 16 candidates on the ballot, something crazy like that. Just massive vote splitting between lots of candidates who were clones of each other. Right. And one could argue that Trump winning wasn't what the party wanted initially. Do you or, know what I'm saying? The vo- so, they, so the reason that they've gotten that yeah. is because they listen to the people. I mean, I don't agree with what's happening. But that being said, it was a successful political run. You know, I mean, he tells us still. but Yeah. It, and our current system um, really, I think the Republican primary is a great example of vote splitting where you had a bunch of similar candidates um kind of establishment candidates like bush and a number of others and then running against one kind of outsider candidate who really stuck out and so voters who preferred that kind of republican party normal type of candidate were really split between um you know almost a dozen other candidates right and then that allowed trump to kind of rise to the top when he might otherwise not have. Right. And I, I mean, I want that to be clear like that it's not like that, that we're trying to avoid a scenario where people feel unheard, not, you know, cause in this situation uh, he won, but there's people that support him that can support this bill. That's it. That's kind of what I'm getting at. You can be on both sides of this extreme and support this, yeah, or this the, measure. The goal is to, is to give everyone an equal voice exactly. in the process. Finally, for once and for all, really make one person, one vote real. Right. So the, the the promise of one person, one vote is that we're all supposed to have an equal weight to our vote. When you have vote splitting is inequality. Right. Because it means that all the candidates who are similar, they divide the support of their voters and the voters who support them have a much lesser weight vote than those who support only one. Right. And it's not about any particular race. It's about over and over and over and over exactly. in American politics we have this vote splitting spoiler effect that reduces the power of some voters and increases the power of other voters and produces very non-representative outcomes that then lead to governments that don't represent us very well. Right. And that specifically, it comes back to that concept again of coalition building, where if you have more candidates on your side, that should be a good thing. But in our current system, if you have more candidates on your side, you are um, if you have two candidates on your side, your vote is half as powerful. Right. If you have three candidates on your side, your vote is only a third as powerful and yeah. on down the list. And that's why that's why parties end up coming in and saying and trying to pick a winner before the voters actually get a say. Right. And it's, it's not because the parties are doing something bad. They just don't want vote splitting on their side to throw the election to somebody who. You I know, mean, it's this, in the current format. It's the smart thing to do, because then you are swaying where you want it to go, you know, and that's why I think that's really good to change because it goes away from. Yeah. So parties will, will approach candidates and get them to take their names off the ballot. Right. And say, okay, well, we're going to throw all of our early support in March to this one candidate. And that, that really just sort of puts the thumb on the scale versus saying, Hey, let's have an election system that just once and for all lets the voters actually decide. 
Yeah, star voting really just flips all those incentives. It incentivizes voters to vote their conscience and to show their full opinion, even um, showing, you know, maybe this isn't my favorite, but this is a candidate who would be a strong compromise and I would be okay with them too. Right. It incentivizes voters being more educated. So Mark Mark actually has to, to run. So Sarah Wolf is going to continue the interview. I do have one more question. I wanted to ask you about the different coverage that you've done. You know, you've been on the Young Turks. You've talked to Lars Larson, or have you done that already? The Lars Larson, B- both, uh, you know, uh, both in the same week. Actually, I was right. on the Young Turks and Lars Larson, so I got got a taste of, of of both sides of the political spectrum. Which I think is really important to, to spot to highlight is that this is not a partisan issue. This is something that both sides are interested in. You know, yeah, I, I think the if there's one undercurrent that unites us all across the spectrum, there are these basic underpinnings of of our of our, you know, Republican Democratic form of government, right? We are we are a representative republic. We use democracy to choose our representatives. And that notion of democracy has always carried with it this sense of one person, one vote. I mean, this is this is back before the founding of the country. This is Federalist 57, who are to be the federal the electors of the federal representatives. It's everybody. Uh, and and in embedded in that is this notion that that political power is shared equally between the people so that we can have a government that actually represents the people as a whole. Right. And so that we have found very little argument with those basic principles across the whole political spectrum. And I think when people really take a deep look at this, uh, they you can see the equality in in each each step of the process. Right. And and that you when you when that when that switch flips and you can really see how vote splitting is really fundamentally a a, a feature of inequality. Um that, that's what gets people really excited. Right. Well, thank you, Mark, for coming. We're going to continue on the talk with Sarah Wolf. So uh, Mark has to run. They have a town hall meeting at the Eugene Public Library today. Is that right? Yep. Is that right? So he's got some other well, business to, to attend to. Thank you very and much so, for having me on the program. Thank you for coming. We'll, we'll continue this. We're going to take a very quick break, and we'll be right back. So we're now back with Sarah Wolf, and we, we, we talked off air, and we wanted to touch on you know, the uh, money out of politics is something that this measure really can help with. And so how would you, you'd like to speak on that and what that, you know, what that would mean to you? Yeah. And we talked a bit about the spoiler effect as well and how vote splitting can really mean that voters have this strong strategic incentive to vote for the front runner on their side who they see as viable. And spoiler alert, the thing is in our current system, when um, the candidate who's the most viable is generally the one who raised the most money or it's the establishment pick or it's the one that the press has picked to right. highlight the most. So I see that as a huge problem. It's really catastrophic when the voters can't vote their conscience and without risk of wasting their vote right. or voting lesser evil or, um, you know. You hear this thing all the time where you're like, a vote for Jill is a vote for Trump or right, a right. vote for Johnson is a vote for Hillary or right. whatever. So voters, if they're kind of coerced into voting for this front runner, that really magnifies the influence of money in politics, not just in terms of voter opinion, but in terms of voter behavior. Right. And, you know, you know, you hear oftentimes that they're not a viable candidate or something like that. And that's really because of money because of the money backing them. And I think money in politics is an issue that both sides have problems with. You know, obviously on the right, 
now with Trump, you hear the drain the swamp chants. And obviously on the left, there's a huge Bernie camp that both of those basically agree on that, that money out of politics is ideal. And so this gives an option for that to be the reality that a candidate is viable because there is, like we said before, it eliminates the primary process, making it to where you don't even see that name on the ballot come November. So this this would broaden that. And I think that's really good. Yeah, it's critical to give these grassroots candidates who do have a strong populist following and a message that really appeals to a lot of voters, um, especially if you have a candidate that's appealing to voters across a broad swath, broad swath of humanity. It's important that those candidates have a fair shake. Right. And then another way that money in politics um, would be kind of less powerful under star voting is just with eliminating the primary. So again, star voting um, for Lane County would allow voters to skip the primary altogether, just vote once in November. Mm -hmm. So for candidates, that allows them to really focus on just winning one election. They don't have to campaign for a whole year to get that seat, which um, in some cases isn't even. Do you think so? It, it's not going to be for Senate, for example. So do you, so the primary will still exist for the Senate candidates. So in the May ballot, you'll still be voting for candidates and ballot measures, right. you know, so it's not going to eliminate that. And it just kind of, that's which is good because a lot of times if it's just, you know, you've we've all done a ballot where we filled it out and there's only a measure like one levy or something like that. And there was no candidates. And it's I think the turnout has to be just tiny before something like that, because there's nothing that gets motivated. A lot of times the candidate that you really like or the candidate you really don't is what motivates people to to vote. So the the Senate and, and governor and those kind of primaries, they still exist. So this is just for nonpartisan um you know, yeah, nonpartisan countywide races. So that's our county commissioner, our assessor, and our sheriff. Okay. So in, we also wanted to talk about how this grassroots campaign started with signatures back. Now, how did that start? Um, so to get a ballot measure on the ballot, um, it's a long process. Like we started organizing um, right after 2016 in November. Um, and it was kind of an incredible process for me getting involved. That's right when I was like, OK, wow, politics is looking kind of rough. I think <laughs> I need to step it up, get way more involved. Right. And I was, in, you know, we found I found myself in um, the Portland Central Library mm -hmm. with about 50, 60, 70 other people who were all fired up. Everyone was convinced that we needed to change the voting method. Right. And what was incredible there is as our core team evolved out of that group, our steering committee included members of every single political party. Right. Which is so rare these days to see people on the extreme right, extreme left in the middle, all coming together, working, sitting at the same table. Yeah. We had a green party person, independent party, progressive Democrat. We had, um, I was the chief petitioner for the Portland measure up there because that's where I'm from. And my co-chief petitioner was a libertarian. So we were really kind of on the opposite sides of the political spectrum and yet able to talk about these issues, have consensus decision making and really work together effectively to right. get our common goal accomplished, which is equality in the vote. Right. 
the system shouldn't play favorites. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, we're coming down to the wire again. I want to talk about this as many times as we can. The October 16th, that's two days from now. We're recording. It's October 14th today is the deadline to register to vote and vote.gov is a good place to do that. And we're, you know, it'll be interesting to see the pushback and from the major parties, how they, how they feel about this. I know, you know, and it's a nonpartisan issue, so we may not see it on a local level. And that's what is it is. It, okay. So I read that you Lane County is 10% of the Oregon population, right? Is that correct? Um, I think, something like I think that. that was the number. So this is a great opportunity for, you know, this is a trial run to see how this works here. And there, I think, or, you know, I'd like to see the turnout for Lane County, but the, there's a lot of uh, motivated voters, especially right now. So, and across the board, you know, mm-hmm. for different things, there's blue wave and red tsunami or whatever they're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? You know, the, there's a town hall meeting tonight, depending on when this is heard and that's October 14th at the Eugene public library at what time? At 4.30. At 4.30. 5:30. And then we've got a regular Saturday event, um, at Theo's coffee, um, and the world pies building basically. And that's from 11 till 1 p.m. And then we have a canvas going out from there that starts at 1.30 every Saturday. Just spreading the word. So that's every yeah. Saturday from now until the election. And we've got um, canvassing Theo's. opportunities all the time, every afternoon on weekdays and weekends. So our big pushes right now are really um, to fight this fear of the unknown. People right. who've heard about star voting, who've gotten to see one of our videos, seem to be pretty well in favor it's just that thing of, oh, what's this? I haven't heard of it before. Right. So we really so, want to get lawn signs up, get people. Right. Um, so if you'd like a lawn sign, go to our website. Starvoting.org? Starvoting.us. Okay, starvoting.us, which in the comments, anywhere you re- you're listening to this, Apple, Spotify, or you know Anchor FM, there is going to be in the comments, there'll be a link to the Star Voting website and also the Facebook page. And I encourage you, I know we're inundated with political posts, but I encourage you to follow the Facebook page for Star Voting and Star Voting Lane County because both because the Lane County is going to focus here, but also Star Voting because as this progresses, if passes, if this passes, it's going to continue to grow to a national level, which is going to be really interesting to see, which in Lane County, this is a huge opportunity for us to do something that makes a difference for the rest of the country, you know, and that's yeah. what's so exciting to me is that me too. it hits close to home. No, you said you're in Portland. Have you relocated to Eugene for this? Or? I have. Yeah. yeah. And I'm loving Eugene. But what really inspires me about this is that it is a scalable model. Um, star voting is precinct summable, which means it can be tabulated locally. Um, and that really allows it to be used on any different scale without compromising security, without compromising um other things that other proposals have been, you know, kind of trade-offs in some right. ways. But it's also fully constitutional in Oregon. In um, Nationally, it would be fully constitutional. And that's something that other voting reforms have run into and sure. gotten kind of stuck behind is like specific laws are written a certain way. And star voting conveniently is fully constitutional. In fact, it would be the gold standard for one person, one vote, which the Supreme Court has mandated that our vote should be equal as much as is practicable. Right. So just to recap, you know, star voting stands for, it's an acronym and it stands for score, then automatic runoff, which means that instead of it being on the May ballot for the primary, it would be on your November ballot. So you'd have in a nonpartisan seat, like the County commissioner, you'd have your range of politicians, like maybe six, seven politicians. 
and you rate them or you score them, score them zero through five, zero being no support, five being full support or anywhere in between, you can vote. You can give five star score to multiple candidates. You can do a zero score for multiple candidates. And so if there's anything that we haven't covered, the website is starvoting.us. And I really encourage you. This is measure 20-290. In the comments, I'm going to post a picture of what it's going to read like. And so star is what we keep you know, saying star voting. But it is actually going to read on your ballot as score, then automatic runoff. So it's really important that you remember both star voting and score, then automatic runoff. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. It's a difficult, I mean, I understand that people don't want more homework, but if we're going to make a difference, we're going to have to do a little bit. We need to step up. Education is power. And so educating ourselves on these issues and these different things, and it, it, it's, it's a good thing that it's bringing people together from different groups because you're probably able to have conversations that in the past you weren't necessarily, and you're probably changing each other's viewpoints a little bit here and there. And that's good because we all need to come together, especially on a local level. I think the name next to or the letter next to your name matters so much less locally because we've had Republican mayors that have done really good. We've had Democratic mayors that have done really good or bad, you know, and so I think it's important on a local level that we kind of come together. So, well, Sarah Wolf, thank you very much for coming. I'm going to end the show with the song since we're trying to look forward. The song is uh, called Don't Look Back. It's by me, Self-Esteem But Willie, and featuring my favorite MC in all of hip-hop, Josh Martinez. So the song's called Don't Look Back. Thanks a lot. In my eyes, saw the line, and she walked past. She walked past. Don't look back. Don't look. You can look back, don't stay back. Hold your tongue, don't say that you're angry. Don't attack, don't bite the hand that feeds all as I take to Company needs misery Relatable to create a hole that only fits one You'll find the loneliness has run its course Remorse has set in thick Relatable to create a hole that only fits one You'll find the loneliness has run its course Remorse has set in thick Counting on the clock, turning out the lights and locks Blocking up the laws, looking at the I lost the toll against old, the books to get cooked. My mom says, How you doing, son? I say good, but I'm not. Maddie's a widow. Red flags up a bed, scared for your fear, though. Even though I gave you money, time, and effort, you never filled a hole in your soul, no, it never. I never thought I'd net out when I got grown. Become a better person, and earn an unknown. Reinvent me, and end all the that I'm free. Who the fuck wants to be 40 and alone? Recording in a room. Bitch, I need a 40 and alone. And I text you, please pick up the phone Please ease the teasing, these knees are weakened I don't appreciate your proposals indecent Yeah, you're fucking sexy, you got hot girl problems You also got demons and goblins I feel pressure in the way you chase pleasure I cannot rap with you, MC Escher I mean, I measure my manhood and be what I say I've been bad and I am good, and I mean what I say I love you and I hate you and you know this
there were other choices. But bitch, you chose it. In my eyes on the line and she walked track path a machete to the landscape clear your mental dreamscape good is what you're calling her to feel like a victim you need to stop calling her the choices now you picked them puff your chest out or push on to the next bout of depression as the isolation is a safe space but it leaves you with the pretty sour taste if you follow in it she's all only in it for herself let her go break the heart of somebody else 